colleagues, hello friends, and welcome to The Corporation, a podcast that's too fun to fail. I'm your host, Dean Ardenfeld, coming at you from quarantine in my basement studio apartment. Each week, I call up two employees of Hogswood Cooper Media, the worldwide conglomerate that owns everything from fast food chains to nuclear power plants. Together, we'll learn about and celebrate the folks who work for the many subsidiaries of this remarkable company. As always, I'm required to state that I am not employed by Hogswood Cooper. But boy, am I a fan, and I think you're going to be too. So let's get into it, shall we? My first guest is a senior reporter at Underbelly 2.0, the world's most popular source for gossiptainment. He has broken many important stories, such as the death and subsequent replacement with a lookalike of Avril Lavigne. On weekends, he competes in a local Quidditch league. Please welcome Holden Shemswell. Hello, Holden. Dean, it's good to be here. How are you? I am wonderful, Dean. You know, it's been a uh, trying time for us all, but uh, more than ever, people want to read sh** about people that they've heard of so it's uh, been a boon for the people at underbelly 2.0 i can tell you that is that so is it is it is some kind of escapism is that what you're uh, chalking it up to absolutely sure you're stuck at home you want to read about whether uh you know the guy who played <laughs> brandon on 90210 uh has taken a dump today so it's uh <laughs> it's it's up it's up to people like us to keep that information coming and and that's how and is it difficult in this age of uh, social distancing to get those kinds of stories to get close to those kinds of celebrities and find out those there has never been a better time for tapped webcams to come into play okay interesting yeah. you've okay. read about the, uh, the the massive security flaws in zoom Yes, yes, and and you're saying you're saying like on the record that you're that you're exploiting those uh, those shortcomings. Well, I mean, the, the flaws are there, so I mean, exploiting them is not technically illegal. And I'll tell you who doesn't uh, patch their computer or their apps. That is celebrities, Dean. Is that so? <laughs> yeah, they're they're an ignorant people. <laughs> well, it seems like you have a, a healthy disdain for celebrity, which I completely understand. Uh, you, you've broken a lot of celebrity stories. Well, what is it like to be at the forefront of uh, how yeah, does it feel? It's great like- because you write this type of shit. No one cares who wrote this. You may as well be a, a byline on a BuzzFeed cute cat article. Okay. You know, yeah. no one, no one cares about, like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not like uh, a columnist that people respect. So there is no danger of me becoming the target is what I'm saying. I see. I see. It's a, it's a, you don't have any accountability for, for the tactics that you (laughs) use to get the stories because no one cares who, who created the story in the first place. Nope. They just say, I saw an article on underbelly. Interesting. Yeah. Cause I, I know that's been one criticism of, of underbelly is that, you know, uh, is that the company hires people, uh, this is the quote I found with little journalistic training and even fewer scruples. Oh, um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's gotta be, uh, you're just pulling in people who are willing to do the work. Absolutely. Oh yeah. I was a consultant before this. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I would go into uh, chicken factories and tell them who to lay off. Interesting. And so you yeah, find no this... training and that clearly no scruples. There are people coming in and headhunting you? Absolutely. Yeah. They came in. They said, who are your, who are your least scrupulous and least uh, talented people? And they said, well, this guy, uh, he, 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 he tried to fire the chicken plucking machine. And I, okay. they were like, so yeah, I mean, by all means, have him uh, stake out uh, Mr. T's outhouse. <laughs> wow. I had no idea Mr. T had an outhouse. Well, he's not doing so well these days. I see. Okay. Wait, yeah. you know, what was the last time you saw a Mr. T movie, Dean? Right. A lot of those uh, royalties have probably dried, dried up by now. Hmm. Um, so you, one of the ways that you guys get your stories is that you pay, you know, tipsters, uh, you know, thousands of dollars and you bribe buildings for security footage and all of that. Uh, and people, people say that that's unethical, but that's just, you know, the new journalism, right? Well, yeah. I mean, you got to get ahead in journalism these days. And I think, you know, if you, you look back at the, the history of journalism, like Pulitzer, like they named a prize after him and he, he right. was all yellow journalism. You know, he, he started us into a war. 
So, uh, you know, don't talk to me about slipping the doorman a little extra to make up for, uh, you know, the Eric Stoltz not tipping him at uh, Christmas time. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so, I mean, between the hacking the webcams and the, and the getting, you know, building security, it just, it's pretty much whatever gets the story, right? Yeah, and, you know, again, if there was not a market for this type of thing, I think you would see uh, less of a demand to do it. So we're filling a void that the, the swine out there who are, are bathing in this swill uh, right. want to see. Right. It's supply and demand. And if there was no demand, the, the supply would be irrelevant. Right. You know, like, cast the first stone is what I always say. Right, right, right. Uh, now, um, you know, uh, you've been uh, you've uh, been lauded and criticized for breaking the news of celebrity death, um, like right away, like even before the next of kin can be notified. Mm-hmm. Um but that's not that's not morbid, right? That's just uh, your job. Yeah, it's not morbid, and th- we, there is absolutely no guilt on our end. I'll get ahead of that question too. Okay, sure, sure. We've never well, killed anybody can... to put, to be the first to have the byline. I'm sure you haven't. And, I, we, and it's never happened, and you can't prove it. So that's like where the moral line would be for you guys as an organization. Was did I didn't we... say that? No, I just no. said we haven't done it yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You said, you said, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, sure. I mean, you know, we, we don't know what this is uncertain times, Dean. I'm sure, I'm sure you've seen the commercials. They're uncertain times. They, they sure are. Yeah. So, they're, you know, uh, if, if, if news dries up and we need to keep the, to keep the headlines coming, then, uh, you know, watch out Betty White. Okay. All right. Well, we put that, we heard, heard it here first and that's really your job, right? Is to tell us this stuff first, maybe even before it happens. 100%. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe you could take me through that because I'm really curious. What happens when a celebrity dies? Like you get a tip, let's say, and uh, so well, you jump into action. What's your process when you hear uh, that someone famous has died? I start shouting at people. I say, pics of the body, pics uh-huh. of the grieving widow, pics yep. of the children, go to their school, get them on the bus. Um, so that, that, that I, I sort of uh, shout instructions at a lot of people. Right, and right, then right. you're, you're going to want to check in at the coroners. You're going to want to see if there's anything weird about the body, you know, any weird piercings, you know, okay, any, sure. any, you know, were, were they, were they shaving parts of their body? They don't normally do that. Sure. Because there might be like a secondary story couched in the main story of the actor's death or whatever, right? Sure. Yeah. Oh, I mean, if you, if you find out that, uh, that Jimmy Carter had a uh, Prince Albert, like that's, that, that sort of overshadows the, uh, the former president dying, you know, it, uh, sure. the, the headline is not former president dies. The, the headline is former president pierced his junk. <laughs> Right. And that's, I mean, that's probably a more valuable headline, right? Oh, you, I mean, I, I, I lie in bed at night and I dream, you know, I just right. dream like, what if, well, what are the, what ifs? Like, what are at the top of your, what if lists in terms oh, of like, I mean, what kind know, of stories? What if, uh, you know, what if Nelson Mandela had had a, uh, had had a glass eye? Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, think about it. What if, uh, what if, uh, <laughs> Tiffany Amber Thiessen, uh, had been, had been found in a, in a swimming pool of her own urine. Uh-huh. You know, some of the stories that you've broken in the past, I mentioned the one about Avril Lavigne, but there are others uh, that you guys are, you've been hot on top of, uh, Katy Perry being the same person as JonBenet Ramsey, um, yep. you know, Stevie Wonder being able to see, um, and and, uh, and uh, you've hinted at some other pretty big stories that you're investigating. I wonder if you might be able to give us a little, uh, uh, a little teaser of them. Um, I have in my notes here uh, something about Stormy Daniels and COVID, and then another thing about Hillary Clinton and cell towers. And I was wondering if you might illuminate some of that for us. Sure. And f- first of all, though, I would like to say that Mr. and Mrs. Ramsey never thanked me. Is that so? They never reached that's, out. No, like, so you know, you'd, you'd figure that that would have you know, shaken some of the burden off of them. But uh, sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're looking into them. Uh, but yes. So uh, Hillary Clinton and 5G Towers. 5G Towers are having a bit of a moment, as you might know. Uh, we are here to tell you that Hillary Clinton, uh, her, her physical body is actually made up of a 5G tower. 
Really? Yeah, they just put a sort of a wig on it and then two gloves on sticks off of a 5G tower. So are you saying that they turned a 5G tower into a sort of a cosplay Hillary Clinton, or are you saying they turned Hillary Clinton's body by implanting things into her into a cell tower? They're going to believe it no matter what, Dean. Oh, so you're looking really for a boogeyman, and yeah, they can, okay. they, can, they can go to war about that. There can be competing factions. Interesting. You so, can have the so, replacement. I mean, a, you can have the always was a tower people. It's a developing story, so you don't have to have all the details yet, right? Yeah. And the other one was a Stormy Daniels COVID. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. The, so the Stormy Daniels uh, tested positive for COVID before her affair with President Trump. Wow. Is that so? Yeah. Interesting. That'll I mean, why sell. not, Dean? That, I feel like that's going to sell. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> You've heard stupider this past week, I'm sure. For sure, for sure, um, and uh, and it also has been reported that uh, that that Underbelly keeps uh, a vault of like embarrassing celebrity video to use as leverage. That must be very helpful in getting the things you need. Yeah. Oh my God, people love this shit. I mean, you know, you 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 get uh, you get video of uh, William Hung <laughs> drunk driving. <laughs> <laughs> from his traffic cam. <laughs> Another guest one time that was really fixated on William That was Hung. interesting. How about <laughs> <Yeah>. that? <laughs> well, you plumbed the depths of Celebrity Dean, and that's what you're going to come up with. Sure. You had uh, you had the incident where uh, Tom Brady and, and Giselle, you know, th their nanny cam caught them playing Twister. Wow. And so what kind of thing, if you keep that in the vault, you decide we're not going to release this right away, and you keep it in the vault, and you let the celebrities know, you know, we have this. Like, what, what kind of things can you get as a result of uh, having that leverage? No, oh, you can get sit-down interviews. You could oh, get, uh, you know, the tickets to uh, to red carpet affairs. You mm. could uh, exchange it for sex with celebrities in question. Wow, that's incredible. You 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 very well could do that. I, I, it's been I've been told that that is a, a a great way to spend an evening in a in a pre lockdown time. You've been told. The, oh yes. No. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we've got to have some standards here. So we got to protect our own privacy. As I said, I don't want to become the story. Right. Right. Yeah. You as a as a person, uh, of course, there's a line that you would draw where you wouldn't want anyone infringing upon your own privacy, right? Yeah, no, but, uh, you know, I will just say that uh, John, John Bonet had been quite lonely when she came out of isolation. Okay, uh, the, no further. I'm not going to ask any further questions on that because I, I feel like I'm going to regret the answer. Uh, one more question before I bring my next guest in here. Um, what celebrity do you think will die next? I think that's, that'd be interesting to, to know what your prediction is because I, I know you're going to be the first one to break the story. Former Major League Baseball player and... Noted dipshit Kurt Schilling. Really? He's, a, he's about yeah. He's about to have. He he he's, he spends so much days of his days arguing online and and, and retweeting horrible memes that uh, there is about to be a blood vessel that breaks in his eye that will travel up to his brain. Wow. And yes, it, it, he will miss his his impending Hall of Fame induction. A, that that kind of prediction sounds almost like someone has like nanotechnology in a person's bloodstream that would allow them to know exactly and predict exactly when they might have an event like that. Well, it's a little bit of that, yes, but we've also we've also weaponized a meme. Really? We have a meme so powerful that this anyone is like the who, ring, is that what this is like? Yes, the ring or or the the entertainment and infinite jest. It's it's so strong that every uncle who posts it on Facebook is going to have a severe aneurysm within days and we know that Schilling is going to be unable to resist because it's a very toxic meme. Wow. And you generated this meme? Well, I mean, you know, we don't just do journalism all the time. We have hobbies and, uh, you know, weaponizing memes is, right, you know, right. at the forefront of that. Well, I mean, it, again, it's that it's that journalism thing. Like you can create the story by, you know, 
right? It's like you you give me the picture, I'll give you yeah. the pictures, you give me the war kind of thing, right? Exactly. Or or you know, you, you we give you the meme, and then we also may give you the antidote, like you know, to the <laughs> oh, meme. Wow. So that's, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm happy to know there is an antidote because I do click <laughs> yeah, on meme, memes very often. Yeah, uh, uh, folks. Uh, my second guest today makes the dreams of children come true every day. But before we get to that, let's pause and hear a quick word from our sponsor. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. The Corporation is brought to you by Vermont Comedy Club, currently offering online classes and live streaming entertainment like kids' comedy shows at 1 p.m. on Wednesdays and Saturdays, Quarantine, the interactive game night on Thursdays at 7.30, Screenplay, improv comedy at 7 every Friday, and a late-night-inspired show called Talk to Us, Please on Fridays at 8. It all streams live to the Vermont Comedy Club Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch channels, and you can find out more by going to vtcomedy.com. Stay safe and stay healthy. And now, back to the show. And we're back. We've been talking with Holden Shemswell from Underbelly 2.0. And now I'm going to bring my second guest into the conversation, who works for a totally different subsidiary of Hogswood Cooper. She's the Chief Financial Officer at Keep Dreaming Kids, a worldwide nonprofit that aims to fulfill the dreams of children with grave illnesses. In that capacity, she has been responsible for raising millions of dollars a year for this great cause. In her free time, she makes her own snow globes. Please welcome Angelina Thibbets, everybody. Hello, Angelina. Hello, Dean. It's my absolute pleasure to be here discussing the very brave work that my organization and specifically me uh, is doing for cancer kids uh, and other sad sacks in this world. Yeah, it's it's an it is an incredible thing that you're doing, and uh, you must just like sleep very well at night knowing that you're raising millions of dollars every year for these, uh, as you put them, sad sack kids. Oh, I do. I sleep very well. And, you know, I have a very expensive isolation chamber that I seal myself in each night. Uh, so I can't hear my critics um, asking me how I've allocated funds. Uh, so sure. yes, I do sleep very well. It does seem like, uh, and I've seen some of the press on this, it does seem like um, the, the critics are hounding you about that specific thing a lot lately. You know, everyone wants to poke holes in a great idea, right? You know, there's a lot of jealous people out there. I think that one of the, the criticisms that's been levied against us is that we don't actually fulfill the wishes of the children, like say a Make-A-Wish Foundation does. Sure. But you know, what I find is that the dream is really the important part, you know, mm -hmm. and, and if we were to fulfill the wish, we would take away that dream. And, and then what hope would be left for the sad right. sacks? Right. That, I mean, and that's, I mean, that, that makes sense why your organization is called Keep Dreaming Kids, because you want to keep them aspiring to, you know, it doesn't do any good to give up in life, right? If you're, if you have a, a disease or something horrible happen to you, that it, it, keeping a dream alive is really keeping your motivation to go on alive, yeah? Yeah, motivation to go on, motivation to continue working and fueling capitalism, I think is also just something sure. that's not talked about enough um, yeah. when when you talk about cancer kids. Um, you know, not ever no one gets a free meal. Yeah, right, right. Um, and, you know, and that and that brings me to maybe my next point here, which is, um, you know, it was estimated the organization, your organization gives out only about 10% of what it raises to actual children and their families. The majority of the rest of it goes to other things. And I thought maybe I would throw out these uh, other three things here and get you to respond to them, um, you know, as a way of, you know, uh, addressing this sort of criticism once and for all. 
more than happy to. Great. So um, uh, one of the things that, uh, that uh, um, you know, millions of dollars a year is spend on is just fancy fundraising dinners for your entire board of directors and all their families and friends and stuff. And they're very uh, posh events with incredible entertainment. And, uh, and so, um, but that's something that you really need. Uh, you need to keep up appearances and be part of your, uh, your be, be in that world, right? With all the people with money. It is so crucial that we have all of the ice sculptures that we need to to continue mm. raising money for this incredible organization. I mean, if we were not able to eat shrimp cocktail with Harry Styles, you know, he would not then per- be able to perform 10 seconds of a song for a cancer kid. And, right, you know, right. that's that's fulfilling 10 seconds worth of their wish. Right. Right. So do uh, you want to take that away from a child? Of course not. Nor would I dream of taking away ice sculptures from an event like that. So uh, yeah, so I think we put that one to rest there. Um, the one other thing that uh, obviously people criticize uh, you and the and the entire really, uh, you know, board of directors for um, taking just uh, exorbitant salaries and giving themselves uh, very high bonuses and things like that. Uh, uh, maybe you could speak to that. I guess what I would just say is, you know, I have truly pulled myself up from my bootstraps. You know, when Mm -hmm. I started out in this industry, I was simply a millionaire. Okay. Mm. And now, you know, I've been able to turn myself into a multimillionaire and that is just through my hard work and dedication. And, you know, I work hard for my paycheck. Also, I mean, what we're, what we're talking about here, uh, is a, a multi-million dollar, you know, global nonprofit that's doing so much good for so many people all around the world. And, uh, you know, a person with a with a meager million is not going to be, you know, you can't be the CFO of an organization like that. Absolutely uh, if you're, not. If you're just, if you're just, uh, if you just got a uh, million dollars in the bank. So it makes sense that you need to be in that sort of more upper echelon to be able to reach the the global kind of market that you need to reach. Absolutely. You really get it, Dean. Well, thank you. Um, well, and the third thing here uh, that people say that a lot of the money goes to here is, um, you know, hiring for-profit subcontractor businesses uh, who are who go out there and raise all your money. They do all the telemarketing. Uh, and those for-profit businesses are also owned by Hogswood Cooper Media uh, and or, you know, members of the board, uh, you know, their companies or whatever. Um, so uh, maybe you could speak to that, like how, how essentially millions of dollars that are being given under the auspices that they are going to kids in need are actually going to for-profit subcontractors that are owned by the same parent company as Keep Dreaming Kids. Listen, this stuff is really complicated. So I don't expect everybody out there listening to understand how business works. Okay. But you know, my brother's company does great work for the organization. And I think that funneling money to his for-profit contractor, you know, just it's good business sense. And you you know, yeah. keeping those connections in the family is so important for a family-oriented business. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, and then, of course, um, you know, those telemarketers who are going out there and, and and getting all your money, of course, then then the the eye of scrutiny starts turning toward them, and it's and they start and and people start asking, well, uh, you know, are you targeting vulnerable people, old people with dementia, and and getting them to write you multiple checks in the same week, and like in going after, you know, kind of the 
the people who can't afford it. I really find that ageist. I do because the elderly mm. love uh, to help cancer kids. Um, it is one of the few pleasures that they have left in their really pathetic lives. If you look mm. at it on paper and the idea that we would rob them of that pleasure um it's just i just find that offensive honestly right right because it's making them feel good and if it's making them feel good then uh that you know that's something they don't they might not have if that telemarketer had not called that old person that day they might not have gotten a phone call exactly you know this is this is we're touching so many lives here you know whether that's on the donor end or you know some of the wonderful experiences we're able to provide these children. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, I want to make sure that I, I, I keep including um, Holden here in the conversation. Uh, Holden, I'm sure your ears perked up when you, you heard the name Harry Styles. I did. I did. I was curious if that was the same event with the uh, ice sculptures. Was that the same one that uh, Timothy Chalamet got caught smuggling out dinner rolls in his pants from? You know, Timmy is quite the character and we do love to spend time with him. Uh, yeah, he, he took a few roles, uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we're happy to work with him and we'll have him back anytime. Oh, that led the that led the clicks on our side for two weeks. That was that was a boon. Thank you for organizing that. Uh, my pleasure. Wow. It does uh, it does seem like, yeah, one hand washes the other here. A lot, I'm sure this isn't the first time that uh, Underbelly has, uh, you know, had some connection to a fundraising event or, uh, or you know, that, that, that Keep Dreaming Kids has been a part of. Absolutely. Of course. I mean, there was the time that the uh, little boy wanted to go to WrestleMania. Yes. You know, and we do regret how that went down. You know, that's that was not our our best uh, experience. And, you know, the the fact Triple that Triple H told him to fuck off. No kidding. It wasn't your best moment. I... Listen, it's always a sad day when one of our experience leads to further injury on the on the part of one of our recipients. But, you know, we've put some safeguards in place since then. And I have to say, Holden, I did not did not appreciate the coverage you gave us on on that piece. Look, you know, I called to apologize when that was done. I said, look, this is this is going to be bad at first, but like all in all, it's sensationalism and it's going to fade as soon as the uh, the guy who uh, played Urkel is going to get caught next week in a in a in a double double hooker situation. So I, I, it wasn't going to be long. And I let you know that ahead of time. Water under the uh, bridge. I know. I'm, it, it, it'll be great to catch up with you in, uh, in in Davos next year. Wow, it's you know it's it's nice to see that even though uh, you know you guys can be at odds with one another, you can still work it out uh, so quickly. I, I'm sure that's a, a testament to how well you all you. I mean, both of you really just work with people all the time, and what a what a gift you both have for making people feel good about the work that you're doing. You know, we run in the same circles and we would not want an awkward summit next summer. Let's just put it that way. We've got a lot of money riding on this. Yeah. Let let me ask you this, because this is sort of sparking a a, a question for me. Um, You know, one of the things that uh, people tend to try to point a finger at with you is that, you know, you donate a lot of great stuff to families in need, toys, diapers, you know, that's a huge part of uh, what you do. And then you're accused of seriously inflating the value of those items on your taxes later on, you know, $100 diapers and things like that. Um, 
But that's just something that kind of needs. I think we can all agree that nobody knows what a diaper costs. Okay, it is it is something that you cannot right. possibly find out the answer to. Um, it's right. like a hot tub. You know, who knows mm. how much it's really supposed to cost? There's or a install. range. An and acceptable there's range. There's a, a wide range, and mm. I I'm offended by the implication that we would not provide the best in donations to right. to the uh, people that we're serving. So you know, you say a diaper shouldn't cost a hundred dollars. Uh, you tell that to my four nannies. Okay. Right. Right. And I mean, I, I did for this story, did talk to a couple of uh, families that uh, received help from you all. And they did, they weren't a hundred percent glowing in their review of the experience uh, that you gave the children and of the products that you donated. Um, but uh, you know, some people just aren't ever going to be happy. Right. Yeah. And I think you'll find that the NDAs that uh, are on the books um, would, you know, prohibit us from talking further about that right now. True. Yeah, actually, they were very, uh, they seemed very, very uh, reticent to talk to me for exactly that exactly mm. that reason. Well, so so I want to I want to just uh, in in way of closing here, I want to talk to both of you. Each I like to find out a little bit about you each personally and what you do for hobbies and stuff. Um, Holden, you've got this Quidditch league that you're on on the weekends. Why don't you tell me about that? Yeah, that it may come as a surprise to you, but I do enjoy uh, I do enjoy strapping the broom on and going after the snitch on weekends. Sure. Uh, it, it started in uh, college actually. It was a big, it was a big uh, Quidditch intramural league at Yale, and uh, we would uh, go out there, and a lot of people made fun of us. But uh, you know, I made some great connects there. Rupert Murdoch's uh, step grandson was really? uh, one of the bludgers uh, on our team, so that uh, wow. no doubt uh, helped me get where I am today. It sounds like a ton of fun. Um, it, it's very fun, and uh, believe it or not, the ladies respond very well to it too. So everyone can can shut really? up about that too. What's the what what kind of things do ladies say about? About your Quidditch games. And they say, you know, nice snitch. And they say, uh, you know, you, 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 could be, uh, you could be my beater anytime. And oh, okay. they say, uh, you know, that was really good. I enjoyed watching you play, uh, even though you didn't probably didn't notice me there. But I'll, I'll buy you all the drinks you want at the bar afterwards. These are all wow. conversations that have happened, Dean. These are like women who... Real people, yes. Come, real women. Hang out on the sidelines of these games. They exist, yes. Mm, okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, and, uh, and Angelina here, uh, uh, I see that you're, you're an aficionado of glycerin and hot glue and plastic bubble. You make your own snow globes, right? Uh, uh, what got you into that? And what kind of scenes are you building inside these uh, homemade snow globes? I do. You know, building snow globes is one of the most relaxing activities that you can engage in. And so what I like to create in my little snow worlds is I like to sort of imagine the type of world that I uh, would want to live in. And, you know, that is a world free of of tax regulation and really just, you know, just open to the free market. Uh, and those sure, are the sure. sorts of scenes that I like to depict. And how, if how you ever, you... if you ever get to the point with, with a story, my dream story happens, uh, a snow globe of, of Tiffany Amber Theus in, in a swimming pool of room P would be a, a big seller. I'm guessing <laughs> a big commemorative item. Well, let's talk about that next summer, shall we? Wow. Uh, I, I, to be a fly on the wall at that uh, event next summer. So, um, but Angelina, I, how, I, I have to ask, how, how do you see, how do you physicalize uh, a landscape of, you know, no tax regulation inside of a snow globe? 
You know, I just, what I envision is just giving corporations the freedom that they really need. And so what I like to do to depict that physically is just a ton of high rises with my name on them, of course, and, Mm. you know, just the bodies of the poor uh, lining the streets. Wow. Wow. That would seem like it would run counter to your entire nonprofit's organization's mission statement, no? Look a little closer at the books, Dean. I think I will. I think I will. Uh, Well, folks, I think that's about all the time we have for today in the corporation. I want to thank my guests for speaking with me and our listeners for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review, and email me at deanardenfell at hotmail.com. And remember, Dean Ardenfell is not and has never been an employee of Hogswood Cooper Media or any of its subsidiaries. Cheers. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. is a presentation of Unical Media. Dean Ardenfell was played by Nathan Hartswick, Holden Shemswell was played by Connor Listoka, and Angelina Thibbets was played by Carolina Millions. Subscribe to hear new episodes every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. For more great stuff, follow The Corporation Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, and check out thecorporationpod.com. <laughs>